Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. All right, what's up, everyone? How's it going? We'll give it a few minutes for people to jump on in. I'm gonna go ahead and share my screen for today's topic. Um, as you guys are jumping in, let us know where you're calling in from in the chat. I'm here in Detroit, Michigan. Eric, I always forget where you're located. Where are you at, man? I'm an hour outside of New York City in Stockholm, New Jersey, uh, kind of rural part of New Jersey. That's why people forget about it. Nice, man. Nice. Cool. Yeah, well, let us know where you're calling in from. We're going to get started in just a couple minutes. We're going to go through some housekeeping items and we'll get right into the content. Um, while we're waiting for people to jump in, Eric, I wanted to ask you this because I saw you're doing uh, a show with Alex Hermosi in like a month. Can you give me the quick recap on how that came together? I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with him. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a fun one. Uh, so Alex Hermosi put out a challenge that if you were the top 10 affiliates in his uh, like promotion, that okay. then he would spend an hour with uh, your audience and he would do an event and everything. And so uh, one of my friends, Enzo, he was like, Eric, I think we can go for it. I was like, Enzo, I don't have time for this. Like, I shouldn't. Like, I can't do this. He's like, no, no, I have time. Like, let's do it. And so uh, I was like, all right, man, here's what I think the strategy should be. Here's how I'd scrape the data. Let's go. He comes back to me and he's like, hey, uh, we're, like, I got number nine. And like, number nine. And I was like, what? And so then, uh, like, he just, like, doubled down on the strategy kept going and then uh he got all the way up to number two and so then that's why we're doing the event together is because uh he was like doing all that that email stuff i had coached him in the past and did a little bit of the strategy work but uh he called it emailed his way to the top of that list and so uh pretty crazy because there's some people who are who would probably do a lot to get alex hermosi you know to do an event yeah. and they have way bigger audiences than we do and cold email was able to, to, you know, get to the number two place. So, uh, I told Enzo, I was like, we should publish the strategy, but, uh, in two or three years when he comes out with his next book, uh, Enzo wants to use the same strategy. Yes. <laughs> I like, I'm glad you are. I guess like this is the one time I won't make a YouTube video on this. So yeah. Cool. Well, that's an awesome story. And we're going to share a lot of like these strategies that Eric was just talking about in today's show. Um, so we're going to jump right in today. We're talking about how to use chat GPT to generate more pipeline. This is a part of our AI series. We've done a lot of them at this point. Super excited for this one. Uh, anytime I get an opportunity to talk with Eric, there's always really good strategies. Uh, you guys should definitely follow his YouTube channel and his LinkedIn profile. He's always just sharing everything he's doing. It's awesome how much public, public information you give out, man. Uh, my name is Jen Marley. I'm the director of sales over at Mailshake. We're here with Eric Nilislowski. He is the founder of Growth Engine X. Um, real quick, I want to say thank you to our partners, Apollo and Vidyard. We're going to do a free job for Apollo. It'll be in the link. You guys can actually sign up for free, start getting free data using the platform. I know Eric uses Apollo, um, so check that out. Completely free, just grab it in the link below. Um, I'll be healthy here, sell better. Uh, just in case you didn't know, we are doing this show every single weekday, so make sure to check out the website and see upcoming shows for ones that are relevant to you. You can also scan that QR code. Also check out the YouTube channel, bunch of free content, um, new videos coming up all the time, so check that out. Um, real quick, so today's agenda, we're going to go through first talking about the do's and don'ts of ChatGPT. I think Eric has a really unique perspective on this that I'm excited to kind of pick his brain on. Uh, number two, we're going to talk about how to maximize AI for cold emails. That is literally his strategy. He was just telling me, or he made a post about it today, that he's sending 850,000 cold emails per month across all of his clients. It's obviously not just him for one company, so he's not blasting with one person, but it's across all of his clients. And he has a really effective strategy. So if there's anybody to talk to about AI, cold email, Tarek, 
And then we're going to, you know, there's a lot of things we're going to cover, right? This can sound complicated, but we're going to give you simple steps to get started. And Eric's actually going to share a real example. Um, a couple other notes. Uh, there's the chat and then there's the Q&A. Please put all of your questions in the Q&A. Otherwise, we might miss them. And we're going to spend a good chunk of time towards the end answering your questions. I know I have a lot of questions. Luckily, I get to be here and ask them, but I want you guys to get the opportunity to ask your questions too. So please put all those in the Q&A. We'll try to cover as much as we can. I'm going to stop sharing real quick. Um, and Eric, I just want to jump in by asking, you know, we talked about the do's and don'ts of ChatGPT, but how do you think about it? What do you think are some of the, uh, I guess, downfalls of how people use it and what's the right way to go about using ChatGPT as a salesperson? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I would say is, um, first you have to think about like, what is AI capable of doing? And so AI is capable of doing a couple of things, right? Generating text, summarizing text, abstracting text, and then like, you know, making text longer or summarizing and like transforming text and things like that. And so when you think about it as like, okay, you know, AI can do these things. How does that help me in sales? And so the biggest use case by far that we're using it for is creating emails that it either shows the person that we have taken the time to research them or we're providing value and actually sending them something of value in the email as well. Um, a lot of times people are like, oh, is this going to like raise our response rates? Yes, it raises your response rates because of the law of reciprocity, where if somebody sent you an email and you and like it's well researched and everything, instead of looking at it for half a second, they're going to look at it five. If your offer and your, um, you know, what you're selling isn't resonating with them, you can put, you know, as much lipstick on the pig and it's still not going to work. So I see a lot of people who like the, when it comes to the do's and don'ts, they're thinking that like AI is going to solve their problem. But like at baseline, you need to solve the the problem of like, do I have something that's worth selling? We won't get into that. That's like a whole, whole other thing. And so I really see it as like two things. One, you can use the ChatGPT user interface to come up with angles, ideas, generate like, you know, different ICPs and like, I don't know, just doing like your base stuff. But then you can also use AI to feed the AI data at scale so that every single email you send has personally written copywriting inside of it so that the person thinks that, okay, hey, you know, this email was sent straight to me. And so I would say that's like the, the general overview of how we're using AI. Yeah, that's awesome. I've seen a lot of the emails that you've written using AI. I think what you touched on is the most important part, which is like the idea of showing them you know them. And whether that's through saying like, look, I noticed this on your website, or it looks like you have this many people in your department. Um, just that simple act of like using AI to automate that piece. Like you said, buys you the extra five, 10 seconds that gets them to actually read your email. Now, of course, like you mentioned, you have to have a strong offer and call to action beyond that. But like the simplest way that I've been using AI personally, and I'm not doing it to the level that you are, but is automating that piece of like, this email is meant for you, not this is just a generic automated email. So um, that piece is super interesting. How do you go about creating new prompts? Because I know you mentioned that, uh, you know, everybody's looking for one prompt that kind of solves all problems when it comes to ChatGPT. How do you go about thinking of new prompts and coming up with new ideas for, you know, ChatGPT prompts? Yeah. And I get this question all of the time, but it really just comes down to if you were to sit down and research a prospect for 10 minutes, what are you researching? And then what does that have you like say about them? Right. And so, yeah. um, yeah, sometimes people are like, oh, it must be so complicated. I'm like, no, really, I just work backwards from like, if I had 10 minutes to research them, what would I be saying to them? And then where did I check and how can I pull that data in? And so uh, if any of you know, who I, well, I guess probably most people won't know who I am. I used to work at this company called clay.com. 
we basically do everything out of clay.com where, you know, you were talking about like keywords on somebody's website or how many employees they have a department. We get all of that information in the, the clay table and then we feed that into AI or we just take the scraped data and just put it straight into the email um, and send that. So I would say that's really my basis is like, what would I send if I were just a human sending this uh, manually? Yeah. And you, um, you, you've talked about this before too, but the idea of like, and I want everybody to think who's listening to this, you know, if you had 10 minutes to research or as much time as possible to research a prospect, what are the things you would look for? And then once you have that idea of like what you'd be going out to research, that's what you want to use AI to fill in the gaps for. So if your answer is like, well, what I'm going to, what I would typically do is maybe go to their website, see if they have job postings, read the descriptions of those jobs, pull out specific keywords, plug that into an email. That's your answer. And then you need to figure out how to use AI to kind of automate that piece. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's one of the biggest pieces. Uh, any other tips around, um, we could jump into some examples too, but any other tips around just creating prompts uh, and using ChatGPT to come up with like creative prospecting ideas? Yeah, absolutely. So the the first thing that I would say with like using prompts is it's very much a trial and error, you know, motion. Like uh, now I've kind of gotten to the point that I've fallen into all of the pitfalls that come from making prompts that I can pretty much create a prompt on the first try and they, like I get it to do what I want. But um, what I tell everybody is like, you just, you just got to mess with it and just because, you know, I've used this example before. If you were to walk up to a human who has no memory and they have no clue what they're going to do today, but they had infinite knowledge of the world and you just walked up to them and you said, hey, you sell tacos. You think that you gave it enough direction, but you really yeah. did. There's so many other questions that come up. Like, what kind of tacos am I selling? Do I work at Taco Bell? Do I only sell tacos on Taco Tuesday? Like, are they artisanal tacos? Like, what? Like, there's so many questions that come up from it. So you really want to prompt it in a way that you give it so much direction that it really can't make a mistake. And then you can use in the API, you can use examples so that, you know, like when we use these in our cold emails, like one, our customers ask, they're like, do you check them one by one? I'm like, no. And like <laughs> the reason why we don't check them one by one is because we give it a massive prompt and then we'll feed like four examples into the API so that it has a lot of information to, to reference back on. And so, um, you know, I, I always tell people, you know, technology is changing the world of sales and everybody's like looking for a silver bullet. But like, if you like it, you know, if you thought that technology changing sales was going to be easy, then yeah, you just shouldn't be in sales because it, it like this is a, a very uh, it, it just takes trial and error. It's really not that difficult. But uh, yeah, I guess that's like, well, yeah. I, I have a framework. Sorry to like keep going off on this, but I oh, know you're good. A framework that I also think about is when I'm making the prompt, it usually comes down to four things. Another big rule is to never just assume that AI knows what you're talking about. Like, um, don't ever say like, okay, hey, given this website, write a cold email to this website. And it's like, well, it might not even know what this website is for. If it was after 2021 and has no knowledge of it. So I always give it all of the information that I want it to reference off of. So if I want to write a personalized line about the mission of a company, I'm taking the company description from their SEO metadata, or I'm taking the company description from their LinkedIn company page, and I'm pulling that in and say, you know, using this input, write this line. So the first kind of part of the prompt is where I'm telling it, hey, objectively in a general direction, this is what I want you to do. So if we're talking about the, the, um, the mission statement one, I would say, hey, using the input, uh, create a sentence summarizing what the mission of the company is. And then that would be like 
the first one. And then we, the second part is we give it the reference. And so the reference, like I said, would be the SEO meta description, the company description on LinkedIn, whatever it might be. But I don't just give it the website and just think that it's going to figure it out. Um, yeah. Give all of the data that we have about them, any data that you as a rep would be making a decision off of as well. Yeah. Then, uh, so we have number one, give it the overall mission and objectively what we want it to do. Number two, we give it the um, the references, like all of the data that we want it to look on. Number three, we constrain it. And so this is where I'll say, you know, keep the output under 20 words, um, keep the output casual, don't, you know, uh, compliment them too much uh, about the mission of the company, just keep it super straight and to the point. So this is where we kind of start with like this infinite knowledge and it can do anything. And then we really start refining it down um, into this funnel where then we'll just get an output of just exactly what we want. And then... The other thing is I like to give ChatGPT prefixes because mm. if you just say, hey, write a, a line about the mission of the company, it might say the mission of the company is to sell a sales engagement platform to enterprise companies like for Mailshake and just like my yeah. Um, And that doesn't fit into your email at all. <laughs> and so I give it a prefix so I know the direction that it's headed in. So then I end my prompts with complete each output with my prefix. This is my prefix. You know, and I, I like really instruct with it. I'm like, every output must include the prefix. And then it'll say something like, hey, I was checking out your LinkedIn company page and I saw you and then we'll generate all the AI from there. And so we'll keep that blank and then just let it complete the sentence. And then using the API, we'll feed it more examples so that I will write lines off of company descriptions that are like 15 words so that if it's short, then it still kind of knows to like think of something. And then I'll also write it on like, um, I use Apple as an example all of the time because Apple's LinkedIn company description is actually quite terrible. It, it says nothing. It says nothing. It's all about like, we are the leaders of creative thinkers and doers and yeah. should work for us. And it's like very much like a job, like sales pitch. And so I use Apple so that I'm just teaching it. Like when you see this, like don't goof off, like you can still make a good, a good mission line from here. And so, uh, then we'll just give it examples. And then we, we get the output. Yeah, that's, um, Mike Kennedy had a question, example prefix. I'm not sure. Did I, I answer that, Mike? Because, uh, oh, did, oh, yeah, maybe they are quoting, quoting Simon Sinek with the mission statement. So yeah, the example <laughs> prefix is like, whatever you're going to say, because a lot of times, like people want AI to generate their whole email, which I kind of disagree with because, you know, you, know, you don't need it to generate your whole email because there's things that are going to stay the same the entire time that you're just giving it an example of, um, uh, I'll give it an example of a prompt on the screen. Yeah. Um, you're yeah, saying we're about to jump into all of that. Yeah, you don't need you don't need it to do this. And so um, with the the prefix, I wanted to say I was on your website every single time. So it's not like I'm yep. you know I want that to change. So that's where I'll start with the prefix. And so um, here I'll just share my screen real quick to go over. Yeah, let's jump into an example. The props. And so this one here we're gonna be going over Taplio pretty soon. Do you see my screen? Yes, I see your screen. So we're going to be going over Taplio pretty soon and like what this actually turned into. But so we have this converse with ChatGPT um, prompt over here and see, um, actually, this is a perfect example of something that we should fix. And so, and just for context for the audience, real, real quick, Eric, because Eric mentioned earlier, he worked for Clay.com. This is Clay right here. And what he's doing is he's using ChatGPT within Clay um, which is, and I'll let you explain, but just to give everyone context here, we're using ChatGPT, but within within Clay.com. 
Yes. And so the reason I use it within clay.com is this is where I could get all the data for the references that I'm going to make. And so an example of a prompt, and we're going to fix this live, an example of a prompt is I'm saying, using the input, complete my sentence by summarizing what the LinkedIn post is about. This is my input. And then we have their LinkedIn post um, from over here. Keep the output under eight words and use specific keywords from the prompt, uh, from the input. Complete the output with my prefix. This is my prefix. Saw one of your LinkedIn posts about. So I wrote this one a long time ago. And you'd actually don't need quotes around it. And then see how in the output we were getting quotes here. Um, so you actually don't need quotes uh, in it to make it work. Then see how in this line for most of them, it worked, but it didn't here because it screwed up and it took our prefix and it didn't output the prefix. It just started from there and it just, it just moved forward. And so what we can do to fix this is we can copy this uh, output. Uh, and we're going to bring it down to number three, actually. Sorry, this is more of like a way to use clay than, than anything else. And so we're going to take this post and we're going to delete it. Let's see. And then we're just going to reference an example. And so this isn't the whole post, but we're just going to reference this one. So then I'm going to train it and I'm going to say like, this is the input. I joined Edward Jones to help members of my community reach their probably financial goals. So I'm just going to finish this. Yeah. So then uh, this would be the user. This is assistant. So now all I'm going to do is I'm just going to train it. And I'm just going to say, saw one of your LinkedIn posts about why you joined Edward Jones. Great. Now we've trained AI to say like, okay, this is an example of an output that I really, really want here. Now run it for me. And so now we'll run this and you'll see that we're going to solve the problem of all of these, like saw one of your LinkedIn posts with the quotes, and then we're going to solve this problem too. And so this is like live exactly how we would do this. I just want this one to really run. Um, so I hope that gives a good insight into that. It does. I think I'll share one of our examples too. And Eric, we got this from you actually, you, you, you've given this example several times. Yeah. <laughs> but one thing, so like one thing that's helpful for us in since we sell sales tech is like who they're targeting, what industries, what types of buyer personas are reaching out to. And so like our prefix might be like, hey, did some research. It looks like your SDRs are targeting, you know, whatever, VPs of marketing at this type of industry company. And so that's where we're using ChatGPT to analyze for all the accounts we're going after is what type of companies and contacts they're most likely reaching out to. And then to your point, we're not using ChatGPT to write the rest of the email. We pretty much have essentially a canned value prop in terms of how we can help them reach out to those personas with like feedback on messaging and things of that nature. And so like the idea is that we're giving, we're, we're showing them that we know them by, by identifying who they're probably selling to in our value proposition. We're giving them kind of free tips and advice on like email templates and frameworks for how to reach out to those folks and then talking about how they can use Mailshake to automate oh, that. Right. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and how's that, how's that campaign, how's that campaign performing for you if like, as opposed to like a campaign that doesn't have that AI? Oh, much better, much better. I mean, and immediately when we, when we kind of added that too, it boosted the open rates initially. Uh, because people are seeing that in the first line. And then the one thing that uh, the people say when they, uh, when they kind of hear that we're kind of offering free, uh, free tips or free resources initially is that they don't always book a meeting right away, but we're getting far more responses. And then we just have to kind of like go back and forth or give them a call and they get them on a meeting. Right. But it's, it's performed so much better. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, the other thing too, that people don't think about is like, there's kind of a hierarchy and I, I want to do some more content on this, but I feel like 
there's, and it's not really a pyramid because it's not where you should start, but like the best thing that you can do is show somebody that you know them, provide value for them for free and like send them an actual way that they can like help in their job. Yeah. If you're in like cybersecurity sales or something or, or like SOC 2 compliance, like that is so hard to like look for triggers on. I think the best one I've ever found is like, do they mention data processing addendum on their website or not? And like, then after that, you're kind of out of luck. Like there's not a whole lot more that you can do. And so then even just saying something in the PS line or something in the first line about something unique about their LinkedIn profile that you deducted with AI, it might not increase response rates, but what you'll also, what you'll get is a decrease in spam reports, which then is overall just another reason why you should be using um, AI. Um, real quick, I saw some questions. Uh, Jeff, how do you leverage ChatGPT to create subject lines of your emails? I don't. I don't think ChatGPT is a good um, way to create subject lines on emails. That kind of goes into my um, my overall idea of like, there's some parts of the email that you need generated and there's other parts that you don't and we don't generate that. I just want to show um, it, it ran and see how we fixed all of those issues before. And so anyway, then when, so when it comes to subject lines, um, you know, Will already does a lot of content on this and I really, really agree. You should be making subject lines that it looks like a customer sent them that email or a colleague sent them that email. And so my best performing subject line of like all time, we got like a 92% open rate on this was I was working with owner.com and they sell like, um, restaurant marketing and like POS systems and things like that for restaurants. And we were targeting pizza, um, restaurants and, uh, we, the subject line was just pizza order. Like that's it. Yeah. It was literally so good. And um, then in the email, we mentioned pizza orders and increasing pizza orders three times. So it didn't look like a bait and switch. But um, yeah, like like what pizza owner is it going to open that? And so that, or I think we did pizza orders so that they didn't think it was like a support request. And it's funny thinking mm. of restaurants having support. Yeah. Really it. Um, I saw somebody else talking about, can you provide a tangible example without leveraging other third-party services using only the OpenAI chat GPT interface? The... So you can, I'm in the business of sending emails and then like moving on to my next thing. Uh, everything that you, uh, that I show you can do inside of the chat GPT interface. What then you would have to do though, is like all the prompts would be the same. Everything would be exactly the same. You would have to manually pull in the reference data though. And then you'd have to like manually copy and paste that line into your sales engagement platform. So as far as showing tangible examples, it's all still the same. All the prompts are the same. I use third-party services so I can do them in bulk, but every everything is still the same. Um, Clay.com does have a free version. Google Sheets, there's something called like GPT for Sheets or something that you can check out. I, I solely use Clay as like the holding area for like all of the data and everything. If you have the data and it's in Google Sheets, go use GPT for Sheets. Like it's the exact same yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would love to see this. So I know you have an example and, and what I really want the audience to take away is how you think about uh, creative prospecting ideas. And so I think what, what just from observing you, I think you're really good at is understanding a company's value prop, the problem they solve and thinking about creative ways to prospect people, uh, you know, understanding those, those value props and those problems and then using AI to automate that. So you have that, can you share the example that you did with Taplio? I think it'd be awesome for the audience to see this. Um, and then, yeah, we'll just walk through how you kind of came up with this idea. Um, and then automated it using AI. Yeah. And so 
basically it, it like a, a jed and i were talking about this and so i'm not sure if we actually mentioned it but i always think about like if i were selling this product or service and i had 10 minutes to research the prospect what am i checking for and like how does that change my messaging and so taplio is uh in my opinion a huge shout out to taplio uh the best like linkedin post scheduling they've got a crm they do like real like it's a post like engagement platform as well i love taplio and so we ran this campaign for them um actually i ran this campaign before even talking with them because i was like i know this is going to work i'm just going to get them leads. Yeah. like let's go and then uh the lemlist people acquired taplio if you don't know like the history of this and like uh lucas at lemlist was like this was the most exciting meeting i've had all year this was great and i was like all right perfect that's awesome yeah. And so um, you think about Taplio. And so Taplio does automated LinkedIn post scheduling. And so who needs automated LinkedIn post scheduling? Probably not people who don't post on LinkedIn already. Like you probably want people who are posting on LinkedIn constantly. And so what we did was we took AI and we said, hey, saw one of your recent LinkedIn posts about blank. And now this is actually their second most recent post. So for this playbook to work, we pulled three posts in and like the reason why is because I wanted to make sure that our bump was relevant and and we'll get into that. And so we pulled in their last three LinkedIn posts so that I, I'm referencing LinkedIn post number two here and saying, saw one of your recent LinkedIn posts about blah, blah, blah. And we made sure it was in the last 30 days. So it wasn't ridiculous. Saw one of your link, recent LinkedIn posts about how great Mailshake is. Seems like the last time you posted was two days before that though. If you're trying to build your brand on LinkedIn, have you considered using the scheduling tool? Our scheduling tool can help you write posts and monitor social trends, blah, 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 blah. Let me know if it would be useful to you and I could send over access, right? This is basically the email that we sent. So then what I really don't like about bump emails on the market today is most bump emails are absolutely useless. They add no value. They don't, they don't, um, they're, they're kind of, a lot of people are still sending things like thoughts or they're sending things that like is one sentence of like, you know, bubbling this up at the top of your inbox. So for email two, that's why I held back doing a reference on their most recent LinkedIn post because I didn't want to have to rerun this like every three days after we uh, we sent the email. So then we'll say, hey, I just saw your post about your like actual most recent post. It reminded me to follow up and see if you saw this, which again, we got a lot of hits on this. Email three was completely net new. Um, so these were threaded. And then email three was completely net new, um, new subject line and everything. First name, I keep seeing your content online. So I made some post ideas considering what your company does and how you promote it. So we used AI to like take a look at the three LinkedIn posts that they posted in the past and what their company does. And then we basically were like, hey, considering all of this information, what would be three LinkedIn post ideas that they should be posting about next? And we dropped the three ideas in here. So then we're like, sending them like relevant like hey this is how you should be posting on linkedin yeah. this is some examples of what our ai can generate for you um and you haven't even given your insights yet this is me just kind of hedging that if somebody is like these ideas are really basic i'm just like hey like don't don't hate the messenger yeah. we, we did this with ai um let me know if we could send you over some access to try it out um this email actually used no ai um it, it, this is just kind of the the last email where I'm just saying, hey, just like how Facebook pages killed their organic reach, LinkedIn will probably do the same thing. I saw your LinkedIn company page had this many followers and you personally had this many followers. Are you building your following and maximizing your organic reach before it gets oversaturated and blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah, that's what we kind of went into. And so um, this is a pretty actual, believe it or not, this is like a simple application of artificial intelligence, in my opinion. 
um, because a lot of these prompts are pretty easy to put together. And I could demo how we put these together as well, but yeah. That'd be super cool. I, I want to, a couple things. So first we've got uh, about 18 minutes left in this show. So make sure to put any questions in the Q and A. I'm sure, you know, we've covered a lot of things so far. So I'm sure there's a lot of questions that we can get into. Um, I, I know this is potentially a little bit off topic, but I do really want to talk about these emails because I think it's helpful for the audience to see here. Um, we had talked about this framework earlier, but in the first sentence here, Eric is showing them uh, that he knows them by like calling out something relevant. And then what I really like about the last two sentences is that he's making a very relevant offer. And so what I challenge everybody listening to this call to do is what are you actually offering in your emails? Is it just to jump on a call to learn more about your software? In this example, he's actually getting free access to Taplio. And I know not everybody has control, especially if you're an SDR in a big company, you can't control whether or not somebody gets free access, but there are different ways of doing this. You can say, can I send over a, like a one minute video to explain further? You can go find resources that would be potentially relevant to them. So in this Taplio example, another thing Eric could have done is um, put together like an archive of the performing LinkedIn pros and then like break down the frameworks of why they work and say like, hey, I, you know, we, we, we researched the top performing LinkedIn posts of last month. I can share the frameworks of why they work. Would you be interested in that? So it's the idea of like giving first before you ask. You can always ask later in your sequence. You can always ask after they respond. But the way people are getting hit up with emails left and right, the only way to stand out and actually get a response, unless that prospect is actively in the market for your solution, which is like 3% of people, is to give some sort of offers. So think about that. Think about offers. Um, I think Eric does a really good job of that at this one. And then there's also a PS example at the very bottom. I don't know if you want to scroll down to that one, Eric. I like that a lot as well. I think including a PS like this, we also have a LinkedIn resource center. Um, so yeah, think about like your company probably has a lot of resources. You can find third-party resources. Uh, it's a really good way to improve your email responses and it doesn't require much technical work. Yeah. Um, it seems like we have a lot of chatter of people who want to see this in ChatGPT as a user interface. Uh, I promise everybody it works exactly the same way. Um, so if we were to just say like LinkedIn, Jed, oh, whoops. Oh, there I am. I'm like four down. <laughs> oh yeah, you are. No, that's true. And if we were to just put in LinkedIn Jed, right? Let's get all of this ready. Come on, LinkedIn, you can do it. Oh, you, you need dark mode. <laughs> all my, all my DMs. You have dark. They have dark mode. What? They do. <laughs> so literally, guys, I'm telling you, it's the exact same thing. So then we would just go to converse with ChatGPT, the same exact prompt that I'm using, right here. We're going to put this in and then we're going to change the reference. So now it's using the input. Using the input, complete my sentence by summarizing what the LinkedIn post is about. This is my input. And then we took Jed's post and I copied and pasted it in. Check it out here. And then we're going to close the quote so it knows that this is what we're referencing. Keep the output under eight words and use specific keywords from the input. Complete the output with my prefix. This is my prefix. Saw one of your LinkedIn posts about. And then we would run it. Saw one of your LinkedIn posts about hard skill exchange for vetted coaches. And then you would just copy this and you would send it to your sales engagement platform. Either you could keep running this or edit it, whatever you want. And you like, just keep running it. Like I, I promise it works exactly the same way in the interface. We're just doing it at bulk with these third party tools. Yeah. And then it's up to you to figure out like, what is the thing I'm actually researching, right? Because we can't, we can't sit here and tell everybody what, what they should reach out to their company, but Hopefully with the examples that we've shared, you can kind of start to kind of get the gears turning of 
different ideas you can use for for having AI. I mean, one of the simplest ones is just there's so much information on a company's website, so whatever's helpful for you to know, give ChatGPT that website and say, find this, and then use that for your input. So yeah. I think that's a really big one. Um, I want to just, so there, we got five questions now, and I'm, I'm sure there's a couple interesting ones. And continue to put your questions in, guys, if you have some more uh, questions about things we've covered so far. Um, so first one is from Jacqueline here, Eric. Uh, they say, if you don't have something like a clay table, is there a way to have AI summarized from the website directly or an efficient way you would recommend to get the personalized information? So that's kind of what we talked about, but I'm wondering if you have more information on that. I think, yeah, pretty so, what you just showed. I would use, hmm, there's lots of different ways to get content from a website. And so, Harish, no, ChatGPT cannot read from website links. Um, so there's a lot of different ways that you could get content from a website. I'm trying to think of like the easiest, easiest, easiest way to get it done. Um, honestly, you don't need it to get content from the website. What I would probably do is if you just have a database like Apollo, Zoom Info, Seamless, um, I'm trying to, all these databases, they'll have company description in the output of their, their company, like their company export. And then you would be able to, um, then use GPT for sheets to reference that company data. If you really need to scrape the actual website, there's a company called zenros.com for like 0.00001 cents or something per website that you want to scrape. It could get you that data as well. And then you can reference that too. Um, and then there's like SEO tools that you can use to pull the meta descriptions, but then those get kind of expensive too. Um, so I guess like there's a lot of different ways to, to slice this, but I would say GPT for sheets would be your best friend. And then like, if you get an Apollo basic plan, they give you 300,000 companies for free. So just get like the Apollo basic plan, download companies. Oh, wait, we have a promotion for Apollo today. We can do that. <laughs> and so then get the Apollo basic plan, download the companies. They have the SEO description with them. Put that into a Google Sheet. Use GPT for Sheets to reference that description, and you'd be you'd be good to to send that out. Um, that's I think the way I would do that. Yeah. Um, there's another kind of similar to this, but ChatGPT will remind me. So they're talking about how I hear this question a lot about how ChatGPT only comes up to September 2021. How do you pull more current information? Um, I mean, we kind of saw an example of that where Eric's actually copying and pasting. Like, for example, a recent LinkedIn post and putting into that. But what's your response to that about, you know, chat yeah. is only up to 2021? So that's why I never say like, hey, find recent news about salesforce.com and write a one-liner about the recent news. I will pull in with either automated data scraping, Clay, or like various other tools. I will pull in the news body and the title, and then I will reference that. And so then that's how we avoid that issue is because I'm getting it from another source that I'm putting into ChatGPT for it to make the inference. Yeah. Yep. It's about the information you give it to give to ChatGPT. Um, oh, this is another interesting one. I, I'm curious if you've ever done this, Eric, but BJ asks, do you ever use like in the style of prompts? So he's talking about do this in the style of John Barrows. Um, and then can you say that in AI repository? Yeah. I this might be helpful like for specific industries um, to, to more so like speak their voice or their language. So... I would say when we're doing really, really complex tasks, then we, then we will. So I have a, um, 
I have a workflow where we can create GPT-4 generated like emails. And I'll say like in the style of John Barrows, in the style of David Ogilvy, and in the style of, there's one other person that we put in. Um, I think we put in Josh Braun. Um, in those styles, like think about all of the knowledge that you have about email and like write, you know, a good email and things like that. But then there's a ton of prompts that go with it. So I don't use it a whole ton because um, if you were to say, write a first liner about the like mission of this company, the style of John Barrows is really not going to change it in comparison to like Josh Braun. But I mean, if you put like Jack Sparrow, then it's going to get like wild. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really use that a whole ton, um, except for like really, really specific things. Okay, cool. Um, another question here from Sam, he says, do you know of any AI tools that can actively scan the internet? and gather relevant information to create custom emails at scale. Yeah, and so uh, that's why we use Clay because we're getting the information from like Google or their website directly. Clay has like a beta like agent thing that is like going out and like scanning the internet to do these kinds of things. You know, GPT-4 was getting really good because they had that Bing search, but then they got they banned it and I don't really know why. Um I'm trying to think of like what you're really asking for is an AI agent and and the difference between an AI and an agent is if you give the ta like a task to AI, it might just say like, oh, I can't perform this task. But an yep. agent might say, okay, I need to do these three things, like to figure out the pricing of Mailshake. I need to do these three things. I need to find their website. I need to check their pricing page, and then I need to scan their pricing page, right? And so like AI agents would do that. Um, use I think it's called Use Double. Is has something like that as well, where it's like it has an agent that is like going off into the internet and finding things. So I would check that out. But I don't have one that I've like used uh specifically okay cool um another question from from jeff here so i think this was talking about when you're when you were showing the tapio example of how you're pulling like numbers of followers that people have or their latest posts his yeah. question is around how you're actually pulling that um yeah and so we use the Clay platform to do that um if you want to do like so latest post is like kind of tough because um you need you most of the time you need your linkedin cookie to do that and I worked with Clay to design like a, a process to do this that I'm not allowed to talk about, like how we did it without a LinkedIn cookie. Um, so you could use Phantom Buster to also get their last post yeah. and like that. But then you have to use your LinkedIn cookie and you're putting it at risk. Um, and then what was the else was I going to say? Uh, LinkedIn data. Oh, then there's tools like iScraper or Proxy Curl or things like that where they have like a repository of public LinkedIn profiles that you can also use that's like super, super cheap per profile that you can like feed into GPT as well. Because somebody else asked, they were like, if it's only trained to 2021, this is Laura, if it's only trained to 2021 backwards, how would it find newer data if you refer to a specific LinkedIn profile? And it, we're we're not asking AI to find the newer data. I, like, I hope that's like the biggest thing that I like leave everyone yeah. with. Like, we're usually not find, using AI to find the new data. I find the data and then I use AI to make an inference based off of the data that I, I gathered for it. So for the specific LinkedIn profile, it's like Core Signal, iScraper, Proxy Curl, MixRank, um, any of these gigantic like private or no, well, public LinkedIn profile repository companies, you can use their API to pull in the LinkedIn profile information so that you don't need to use your cookie to scrape LinkedIn and you can do this at scale. Yeah. I, there's a question from Bill, there's one in the chat there, which is like, you you mentioned a lot of tools and he's asking for a list of different tools. I think that the answer to, to your question, Bill, or the way I would think about it is I wouldn't think about like all the tools that Eric has mentioned. I would think the other way around, which is like, what am I really trying to accomplish with AI? What is like the 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 
the prospecting method or play that I'm trying to deploy. And I would actually do that manually. So like if I was in Eric's shoes, for example, probably the first thing I would do is first manually send some emails of, uh, you know, pulling their most LinkedIn, most recent LinkedIn profile, sending those emails out, seeing if it works, see if I'm getting replies. And then once I have a campaign that's running good manually, where I'm doing all this research myself, then implement AI, purchase the tools that are necessary if you need to, and start scaling it from there. I think that's a good way to approach things. If you haven't used AI much, rather than just investing in all these tools and trying to make it work, figure out a play that works manually and then try to automate it and scale from there. Um, but Eric, looks like you dropped a link, which is- Yeah, I dropped it to, to one of my friend's websites. They have um, like a whole list of AI sales tools. Honestly, it's overkill. But if you need like inspiration, um, like there's 200 tools on there, but if you need inspiration, they're a really, really good list to, to pull from. Awesome. Cool. We got one more question. Uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, do you use ChatGPT to handle objections? Hmm. Well, I guess, I mean, like, why are you doing that? You're like, are you getting so many objections that like you need AI to handle the objections? Like most people like aren't even getting enough responses that they have to automate objections. And so like, yeah. No, I'm not. Um, and if you are getting so many responses that you're using AI to handle objections, you're in a really, really great place, I would say. Um, yeah. So no, we don't really do that. You could, I guess. But and most objections, they come down to like five objections. And so you could probably just scan the email for certain keywords and then you know, okay, like this is a pricing objection or something. And then you have like your your pricing objection there. So no, we don't we don't use it for that. Cool. Really good stuff. Those are all the questions. I want to recap quickly what we talked about today. And I also encourage you guys to check out Eric's YouTube channel where uh, if one particular topic stood out to you, you can dive in deeper and he has some good videos on those. Um, but just to kind of recap, thinking about the do's and don'ts of ChatGPT, don't just look for one prompt that's going to solve all your problems. You have to get creative. You have to go back and forth to ChatGPT, find a prompt that's specifically going to work for you. We talked about different ways of creating creative prospecting ideas and then you know, basic examples, you know, we share the Taplio one of how you can actually deploy that and put it all together. Bunch of different tools. Grab that link there, just put in there with a bunch of free AI sales tools that can help you solve different problems. Um, Eric, I want to ask like one more question before we jump off. You know, you've been, like we mentioned at the beginning of the call, you're sending 850,000 AI uh, generated cold emails per month. Uh, what would be like your, uh, I guess, tip if somebody wanted to get started putting some of this stuff into action, where would you recommend they start to actually start you know, getting the benefits of using AI for cold email and, and, and obviously prospecting, what would be like the best next steps or a good starting point for them? Yeah. So I, I would take 10 prospects that you're going to reach out to and just work backwards and say, okay, given these 10 prospects, what am I always researching about them? Am I researching their time and role? Am I researching the keywords they have on their LinkedIn profile? Am I researching if they have open jobs? Whatever you're researching about them, find what that pattern is and then work backwards from there. And so if you're going on and you're like, oh, they are using HubSpot, I'm going to talk about using HubSpot. Then like you should be looking at how you can put built with or predict leads um, into your workflow because predict leads will give you like tech information based off of um, job descriptions. If you're looking at like how long that they've been in the role and past roles that they've had, like now, okay, great. Like we should be using a LinkedIn profile uh, API so that we can like, you know, scale this as well. And so I always tell people, just take 10 profiles, see what comes up when you're reaching people, and then find that pattern and work backwards from there so that they can get started. Yeah, really cool. The technology one is, is something I like a lot. We use Built With as well. And what we have, we do it for two reasons, to find competitors. And then if it identifies a specific competitor, we have custom built templates to talk about, 
Yep. Hey, I yep. see you're using XYZ competitor and then kind of how we differentiate. And then also for integrations, you know, in your example as well, like we work specifically really well with HubSpot and then our follow-up bump emails share like videos or like images of how we integrate with HubSpot. So all really good stuff. Eric, thanks for, uh, for taking us through everything you covered today. Uh, anything else you want to leave with the viewers, definitely go follow my LinkedIn and check out his YouTube channel as well. But yeah, you know, Dad, I, I appreciate you guys having me and uh, happy to do it again sometime. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone. Have a good day and we will see you all tomorrow.